Hello, this is Anna. Today is Thursday, and as always on my podcast on this channel, Sustainability Explored, I welcome you to explore a different topic connected to corporate sustainability. Last time, uh, in the episode number five, we covered stakeholders' engagement, tips, tricks, how to engage successfully, uh, some examples of who does it um, with joy and advantages for the company. Today, I want to touch and explore broadly as much as I can the um, the idea of sustainability reporting as one of the tools of stakeholders' engagement. So I call this episode Sustainability Reporting, Why Transparency is Always Appreciated. And let's get started. In the previous, as I have mentioned in the previous previous episode, uh, we broached the subject of stakeholder engagement and I promised to look further into the tools that companies use to engage the variety of their stakeholders. Among those tools are sustainability and climate reporting, um, grievance mechanism, both internally and externally, internal for the employees, external for anyone else, affected communities, um, rarely but still uh, might be the case, shareholders or investors and so on and so forth. So one of such tools is sustainability reporting, and this is the topic of today's uh, episode. So first and foremost, why such a thing as sustainability reporting even emerged? Which events triggered it? It has started with governments and societies reacting to factors that jeopardize the social structures, the economy and the environment such as climate risks, energy and food security, poverty, and also financial crisis, so-called global megatrends. Therefore, an unprecedented wave of transformation of enterprises' processes, uh, behavior and accountability for a sustainable future has started to be observed. That led, in turn, to the fact that planetary bounds have started to be taken into account when determining corporate effectiveness as well as management objectives. Uh, I want to give you a quote of Rachel Kite, the Vice President of Business Advisory Services at IFC. Uh, So Rachel stated that the last decade has seen a steady rise in public demand for businesses to be transparent about their environmental, social and governance performance, including their contributions to local economies. Companies worldwide have met this trend by increasing their uptake of what is now commonly called sustainability reporting. Sustainability reporting should be seen really as a tool to make the engagement between investors, businesses and communities more dynamic, more energetic. After all, this There is a clear link between good environmental, social and governance, ESG, uh, if you come across of these abbreviations, three capital letters, ESG, that stands for environmental, social and governance. So, after all, there there is a solid, clear link between 
uh, ESG, environmental, social and governance, performance and the ability of companies and organizations to be profitable and survive turbulent times. What is sustainability reporting? It is a form of internal monitoring, management and external communication which enables organizations of all sizes to meet the growing information needs of their various stakeholders. So you see it's all about sharing information, um, building trust, uh, opening up, so being transparent and be held accountable. So meeting the needs, informational needs of the stakeholders. At the same time, it helps reinforce the internal capacity to engage the full organization in defining the corporate sustainability strategy, um, setting probably public strategy, uh, targets, implementing plans and reviewing results, essentially. Sustainability reporting is there to answer questions from a company stakeholders about their key sustainability topics. What can these key topics be? Relationships with local communities, um, broadly in the literature, they are called affected communities. But well, if we are speaking about the uh, some specific project like building wind farms or uh, setting up solar farms, we can use the term affected communities in the broader sense, let's call them local communities at the moment. So back to the key sustainability topics, local communities, protection of human rights, adaptation to climate change, which is very seriously these days, um, the concerns rise all over the planet and Corporate governance performance. Simply put, the information contained in such a sustainability report uh, in question is the one that matters to stakeholders. This is why, by the way, uh, the factors that certain standards, I will speak about them a little bit later, uh, about the standards on sustainability reporting. This is why the standards mention uh, material factors. At first it might seem confusing what is material factors, but yeah, in short it's just what matters to stakeholders. So why did this sustainability reporting appear? Why it wasn't here, let's say figuratively yesterday, it wasn't here, and today uh, everyone adopts uh, uh, and, and wants to report um, to issue sustainability reports. A change in perception about the role of the corporation and its new corporate design principles played a vital role in pushing for sustainability reporting globally. There is this um, Corporation 2020 that was, um, so to say, a trigger to this new world, to this new, more sustainable corporation. Um, it's the firm of the future. They claim on their website to be the firm of the future. And I will cite, it creates Corporation 2020, creates private profits without creating public losses. Today's dominant business model, Corporation 1920, delivers private profit, 
profits along with public losses and drives us into danger zones close to planetary boundaries. The private sector today delivers most of the economy, its GDP and its jobs. To get sustainable development, we need an inclusive green economy. And to get such an economy, we, we must change the way the economy's main agent, the corporation, does business. Um, then there, is, there was even a book published on, the, um, on this movement, the movement Corporation 2020, that is based on a book by the same name, published in 2012. Uh, the book is highly recommended on the website. It um, is looking to understand better the evolution of today's corporation, its ethical motivations, and why there is an urgent need to transform the way we do business today. Um, there, there is a, on the website um, information about the author and founder. This is Pavan Sukhdev who began working on the book Corporation 2020, Transforming Business for Tomorrow's World um, during uh, his appointment at the 2011 uh, McCluskey Fellow at Yale University. So check out the website. I think you will find a lot of interesting information uh, on there. And let's remember that this was the start of the change in the perceptions, the Corporation B. Um, the new principles were based on the idea that a company's purpose is to use private interests to serve the public interest. So the so-called B Corporation um, to benefit the society as well as the company's uh, shareholders. The supranational authorities strove to reconcile business practices with the goals of sustainable development by, among other means, promoting the adoption of corporate reporting standards that require information related to sustainability from businesses. On the other hand, as it has become more widely recognized that the long-term sustainability of a business is also directly related to its ability to weather environmental and social trends, a number of key sustainability challenges have become areas of in in intense investor concern. Let's touch the grounds now of the advantages of implementing uh, the sustainability reporting. So we remember there has been a change in perception, uh, there has been um, a change in terms of challenges on the environment, climate, social uh, levels. So the investors became more interested as well in, in the companies and their own impact. How and from where could they get this information? from the sustainability or also um, sometimes called non-financial reports. Sustainability report is a journal that is meant to help companies cross the river of this ever-changing uh, environment. When done well, um, such a reporting is a, can become a business process that can create internal benefits as well as external. Internally, for example, it can help a company stimulate internal communication and alignment of vision, 
build management systems, develop, develop staff competences and promote behavior change, which as we touched, I think we spoke about it in the previous episodes, if I'm not mistaken, in the stakeholder engagement. Oh, and, and um, on the corporate sustainability, a new norm, I think it was the episode number three, um, behavior changes inside of the corporation is very hard to, to reach. So if done well, sustainability reporting can help with that. Sometimes the employees internally do not even know about the initiatives and the actions the company takes to become more sustainable. It can be particularly useful in identifying gaps, for example, in existing practices and in focusing attention and resources on measuring and improving performance in line with corporate targets. And stakeholder group called employees, of course, are the first and foremost uh, target group and helpers in this. Sustainability integrated into reporting, financial reporting, I mean, brings additional value due to the importance of adequate and timely disclosure. It also serves as a management tool that can help companies identify operational efficiency improvements, innovate their products and services, as well as build stronger relationships with stakeholders. Also, one very important point, it helps enhancing uh, reputation value and, as a consequence, attract investors and clients too. Many leading companies cite the internal strategic value of reporting as one of its main benefits. So why, step by step, why reporting on environmental, social and governance aspects in the sustainability reports? First thing is to, to provide investors with the information needed for making informed decisions. With a greater understanding of, of what makes a sustainable business, investors want to know that a company is not only financially strong, but also whether it has probably properly taken into account and has systems to manage other uh, aspects of its business. Second of all is to increase the efficiency of capital allocation, um, then to increase trust and transparency, of course. Transfer transparency is a fundamental component of good corporate governance and serves to, be to build vital relationships of trust with key partners of any business. Number four is to keep track of corporate efforts to achieve sustainable economic, social, and environmental triple bottom line. Remember from the previous episodes, in one word, sustainable economic, social, and environmental development. So sustainable development, essentially. Management errors across all dimensions of the business will be reflected in the results achieved, either in terms of direct financial consequences or in the diminishment of key intangible assets, such as employee productivity or tangible and measurable assets such as customer loyalty. Probably I have mentioned it before, also to enhance reputation value. Sustainability reporting can be very important in that regard too.
The quality of reporting is also, or even first of all, a direct reflection of the company's own grasp of its environmental and social performance. Reporting also aims at uniting standardization, rationalization, and order. What are the most influential sustainability reporting standards? Now I will walk you through four main standards that I have identified that are still alive today and very much um, active on the market. So they are here to help you build or improve your own sustainability reports. Let's have a closer look. The first one, um, just the first one in the list, not um, maybe chronologically or whatsoever, International Integrated Reporting Council, or Integrated Reporting they have. The International Integrated Reporting Council is a global coalition of regulators, investors, companies, standard setters, uh, the accounting profession, and NGOs. The coalition is promoting communication about value creation as the next step in the evolution of corporate reporting. Its objective is to change the corporate reporting system so that integrated reporting becomes the global norm. This integrated reporting council aims to standardize the additional non-financial information that would further the understanding of the impact of a company's overall strategy on its present and future financial condition as reported in its annual reports. It is uh, not a proposal to integrate the sustainability report with the annual financial report, as many believe, but to integrate financial and non-financial information to present and in, uh, to present an integral view of the prospects of the company. To show you how international the Council is and how interconnected it all is, just look at the participants of this uh, corporate reporting dialogue. Among the participants you will find Climate Disclosure Project, or CDP for short, Climate Disclosure Standard, Standards Board, Financial Accounting Standards Board, Global Reporting Initiative, or GRI for short, International Accounting Standard Board itself, uh, International Organization for Standardization, ISO, and Sustainability Accountant, Accountant Standard Board. Um, the next one is actually the last one in the list of these participants of integrated reporting. So the second one is Sustainability Accounting Standards Board, or CASB. Uh, is the abbreviation. So the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board is an independent and non-profit organization. Its mission is to develop and disseminate sustainability accounting standards that help public corporations disclose material decision useful information to investors. That mission is accomplished through a rigorous process that includes evidence-based research and balanced stakeholder participation. CASB, Sustainability Accounting Standards Board, 
Um, standards are designed for voluntary use in disclosures required by existing United States regulation in filling the Securities and Exchange, and Exchange Commission, C-E-S-E-C. In developing its provisional standards, the CASB identified sustainability topics from an initial set of 30 broadly relevant sustainability issues organized under five sustainability dimensions, which are environment, social capital, human capital, business model and innovation, and leadership and governance. Uh, more on the topic you can find in their um, C, uh, SASB uh, framework. Number three, and this is the one that I personally had some experience with, is the Global Reporting Initiative. Their logo also mentions empowering sustainable decisions, so GRI for short. And this is what they can... Uh, suggest over the last decade the GRI has established the international standard for sustainability reporting by organizations worldwide globally. It was established in 1997 with the vision that reporting on economic, environmental and social performance by all organizations should become as routine and comparable as financial reporting. In 2018, the GRI released, so last year, um, the Global Reporting Initiative released the GRI standard before they had G4, but it doesn't matter anymore, so let's just stick with the latest uh, updated version, GRI standard. Now it's a globally recognized framework for sustainability reporting. Not only it sets out the principles and indicators that any organization can use to measure and report on its sustainability performance, it also provides guidance to companies of different sizes and in different sectors on how to navigate the reporting process. By using the guidelines of the GRI, a company covers the key issues. Uh, they are also, by the way, in the... Uh, in the standards, they are called material factors or material issues. Just a short reminder, it's what, why is it called material? Because it's what matters to the stakeholders. So by using the guidelines of the GRI, a company covers the key issues that most stakeholders are concerned about, using the recognizable and understandable performance indicators and reporting in a way that is comparable to its peers. Um, again, as I have mentioned, GRI report is um, one that I had uh, experience with, and I find it extremely um, user-friendly, I should say, probably user-friendly and easy to to compile, to collect information from different departments and to, to compile. It's also very informative, if done properly, uh, sets out the information very clearly. The fourth and the last for today is the um, ISO standard 
26,000 on social responsibility. Um, this standard provides guidance, so you know that ISO, ISO has a lot of standards on uh, different aspects of business processes and not only business uh, processes, so 9,000 is for quality, 14,000 um, environmental management, 45,000 occupational health and safety, and now 26,000 is the uh, standard ISO standard on social responsibility. This standard provides guidance on how businesses and organizations can operate in a socially responsible way. Um, this standard provides guidance rather than requirements. This is very important to mention. So it cannot be certified to, unlike some other well-known ISO standards. Instead, it helps clarify what social responsibility is. It helps businesses and organizations translate, so to say, principles into effective actions and share best practices related to social responsibility globally. It is aimed at all types of organizations, regardless of their activity, size or location, which is no um, of no surprise because social responsibility can be and must be applied um, regardless, of course, of activity, size, location, uh, scale of the business and so on. All in all, uh, the integrated report and sustainability, uh, sustainable accountability board that is operational in the US, the global report and initiative or GRI, focus on reporting through public channels that are widely defined by the aforementioned um, standard regulators, standard boards. Um, but as uh, CA, SASB, or as I have already mentioned today, this is the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board, uh, only this uh, standard is um, the results of it are aimed at mandatory reporting requirements in the US, while others are recognized globally and applied globally. Other standards, such as the ISO 26000, uh, focus mainly on actions and corporate behavior, not on really not on reporting, although transparency is also encouraged, of course. Civil society insists that better corporate responsibility and accountability have led to the launch of such initiatives as the Human Rights Due Diligence Project and Publish What You Pay. I strongly encourage you to go on their websites and check what these initiatives are about. Um, one important aspect that is left usually in the backstage, behind the curtains, is the gender. Um, in this episode, I would like also to emphasize the importance on reporting on gender as it's also a part of sustainability reporting per se. So while gender is also part of reporting on sustainability, it's often overlooked and deemed unimportant. I personally think it's because gender issues are still not associated closely with sustainability as such. 
Up until very recently, there has been a, a, a very limited coverage level uh, of coverage on gender issues in sustainability reports, and specifically an infrequent reporting of um, three gender-related indicators. Um, what are these indicators? This is the first total number and rate of employee turnover by age, group, gender, and region. Number two is the composition of governance bodies and breakdown of employees per category according to gender, age group, minority group membership, and other indicators. And number three, the ratio of the basic salary of men and women by employee category. The case of promoting gender equality is based on multiple factors. Beyond the legal and moral imperative, there are also business uh, re reasons for doing so, such as improved reputation and employee morale and attracting and keeping talented employees. Do not um, hesitate to report on gender issues because this is also part of uh, transparency, part of establishing a dialogue and um, not only being in line with modern times, but yeah, it, it helps the company to identify its own gaps and start working on it, including, uh, of course, not only the gender issues, but including anything else. So as you can see, there are numerous factors to include into the company's sustainability report to make it comprehensive for stakeholders, to give them grounds for informed decision-making and even a range of standards to select from. The four standards that we covered today are enough to start with, uh, not to advocate for any of them, but I found GRI very, again, we'll mention it probably many times, very user-friendly, very easy to to do. So there, there are standards to select from. It doesn't matter too much which standard or set of requirements the company uses or plans to use to report on, on its non-financial sustainability, essentially, data. Um, at least as long as there is some competition on the market between them. I read an article uh, which claim that this competition is not always healthy because it's not, uh, it does not provide the uniformity of factors included and sometimes um, it does not encourage investors and financial donors to, um, to compare whether all the factors they are interested in were included in the sustainability report of the company in question. So, but obviously for some more time there will be more than one um, sustainability report and standard and, and let's just live with that. One thing we can be sure of is that honesty and transparency are always appreciated. So if your company um, is about to start making sustainability reports, prepare this non-financial data and compile it into uh, easy to understand, easy to um, make informed decisions about the company. 
this episode was for you and I hope you enjoyed. Um, you can send me your questions, comments on social media channels. I really enjoyed being with you tonight and see you, hear you in a week next Thursday. Goodbye.